Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pod for the Planet. I'm Charles Olson. I'm Abby Beach. And I'm Ramel Pacheco. Today, we're going to be talking about, you guessed it, this pandemic and its connections to climate change. So let's get into it. Yeah, so the first thing I want to talk about today, and I'm sure y'all have seen this all over the place, is all of that, like, we are the virus stuff. There was, like, right in the beginning, a bunch of, like, viral pictures and videos of areas of the earth being, quote, viral. unquote. <laughs> viral <laughs> pictures. Oof. Pretty <laughs> slip. Um, but of, like, you know, different areas being cleaned up and people were like, there's a silver lining, you know, type of stuff. Um, I want to talk about, A, why that's kind of BS, um, and also that some of it was just fake, like literally just not true. Um, Are you talking about the pictures of, like, like uh, how – Los Angeles doesn't have any cars, and so like the skies are super blue, and like animals are coming back. Yeah, and how, like the Ita- like Italian streams and like are becoming- in Venice. Yeah, right. So some of that was just straight up fake. Um, a lot of the animal ones were just like not true. So the pandas um, didn't start having sex. I don't, I don't know about the pandas, but the the Venice one was just like fake. Um. But some of the stuff is true. Like there's some mm-hmm. things that are coming out of this virus in the short term um, that are genuinely like the halting of industry is um, lessening pollution and stuff like that. Um, and that's, you know, that's interesting to look at from like a scientific perspective. It's interesting to see what halting industry can do. But I think it's really dangerous to say it's like a silver lining um because if you do that you go down this really slippery slope where you like a are placing the blame on humanity and instead of placing the blame on the industry and the systems and also it's going in a little like dangerous eco-fascist place um where you're saying human death is in some way okay because of this um and there's like just never a there's never going to be an equitable solution to climate change where we're okay with people dying because those people dying tend to be low-income people even if you're not if you don't know that's what you're saying when you're saying this but those two people tend to be low income they tend to be people of color they tend to be countries that are um in the global south yeah so a some of it's fake b the parts that are that are true we have to be like really careful how we talk about that um and it's also just never okay to like cheer Mm -hmm. and i i get the instinct to want to be like well there's a yeah there's a silver lining here you know there's something good coming out of this virus but it's not that well it's that that's a super malthusian argument which uh, um, when I say Malthusian, Thomas Malthus, the 17th century economist who developed like the idea that like there were population limits for the planet and that like over time there were certain controls like war, disease, famine that 
these natural things checked population growth because like our planet could only hold a certain amount, but that has been used many times to argue for like super racist and super. Right. And it's been just used as like a different form of white supremacy. Eugenics. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Over and over again. Um, And as an environmental movement, uh, it's just like we, we have a, a past that's just been, not equitable and not big retweet yeah so like we need to be doing everything possible to be moving in a direction of environmental justice and like eliminating eliminating environmental racism and having conversations that are like we are the virus we you know humans are the disease end up moving towards the opposite of equity and justice. Um, yeah. Also, like, I know that, like, these, like, these posts about, like, animals and, like, I know f- in regards to, like, CO, um, carbon emissions, like, having fallen since, like, the pandemic, like, <clears throat> how um, New York City and, like, Los Angeles and China and, like, all the big cities, like, their fog and pollution has, like, been lifted like, uh, people, like, don't understand that, like, carbon dioxide, like, stays in the atmosphere for, like, centuries. So, like, the total concentration will, like, continue to rise, even if we are producing less. And, like, once the economy is, like, start, work, like, getting back into, like, you know, working again, like, the emissions will just bounce back up, so. Right. <laughs> and I want to get back to that in a second um, about what's going to happen after this. Um but even just right now, like, yeah, pollution levels are down. And it's interesting to see that we can, you know, reduce pollution. But it's just, it's... It's under the wrong circumstances. Right, we're and we, we're we limiting ha- in the wrong direction. We have the tools to do this without, like, massive human death and a tragedy and a pandemic. Like, we have the, the ability to limit pollution in, in other ways and... Like, we we were able to do that. So, like, it's it's just saying, like, oh, it's all this individual action, um, and it's all personal consumption. It's We're not looking at the fact that we need to decarbonize the economy, you mm-hmm. know, instead of we're just looking at we need to that that places the blame on just everyone is you know going outside too much and driving in their cars it's it's a global economic issue not an individual issue yeah the, that connects to the idea that like i've been seeing how the pandemic and the virus has what? been called the great equalizer because we're all kind of going through a similar thing together um and that's something that is another connection to climate change which is time and time again been referred to as the great equalizer where it's like everybody's going to feel the effects of it which is true but it's not going to be an equalizer for climate change or the virus because there are people groups of people who are being hit so much harder by it than other groups and right. that's where this whole we are the virus thing it starts to really just like become problematic and it's it's the, the communities that are the most vulnerable and the poorest who are going to have the effects that are so so much longer lasting than mm-hmm. from this pandemic. Like once you have a, a community that's hit so hard, it's it's going to take those communities so much longer to recover. 
and because they already are dealing with the effects of environmental racism. Environmental racism, more pollution, that equals pre-existing conditions, which equals being hit or harder. Hit Higher harder. asthma rates, uh, decreased lung efficiency in other ways. Higher levels of ob- obesity. All diabetes, right, heart diabetes. disease. Yeah, so it, for sure. We just need to, and also just like, there's I've seen some articles that are like, oh, like why are black people being you know, so highly affected by this pandemic. And like, you're not looking at the fact that black people have been segregated in this country from the housing market, that have faced environmental racism, have faced food insecurity, have faced racism in the medical industry. Like, that's why, you know, mm-hmm. any anytime you have that conversation, you have to absolutely consider all those factors. Um, so, yeah. And it's it's just like irresponsible to continue to talk like that, and I I know that it comes from a place not everyone, some people are just racist, but I, for a lot of people it comes from a place of just like wanting Optimism. to find the good in this situation, mm-hmm. but it's just really really dangerous. Um, the second thing I want to talk about is what you just mentioned, Ramel, um, which is, yeah, so we're seeing these short-term positive effects, right? But the long-term of this pandemic for the environment and for climate change is likely going to be an even worse outcome um, for, like, a bunch of reasons. Um, One of them, we saw this after 2009, but once the economy bounces back, it's going to, like, really hit harder for like the the um renewables and all those things that are like still newer that are trying to take over rather than like oil and gas who are already established so like they'll be able to bounce back whereas renewables are gonna face like stalling and that kind of stuff well i i saw an interesting tweet in an article uh from the la times that was talking about how following the recession in 2008 and 2009, uh, the Obama administration included in their stimulus package incentives that have allowed over the past decade the renewable, the solar and wind industries to to grow to where they are today. Mm-hmm. So the, the tweet in the article looks at how this might actually be an opportunity for us to take one of two paths. This is like the fork in the roads where we have the option to double down on what the Obama administration did and continue to invest in renewables or to fall back and go the other way. And then it's an actual problem. Yeah. Which with the current political leadership that we have and not just in our country, but in like a lot of the countries around the planet, like the likelihood of it, of us going down the path of more fossil fuels and backwards is, upsettingly likely so we're fucked (laughs) yeah well i mean i think that not yet we will be Uh, i think we are well i feel like there's a few other things that are like negative for the environment too um one just being that also just like and this is for every industry um but like lockdowns mean that climate research is being delayed Mm -hmm. um it means that like 
leaders gathering for um, big like climate events are being stopped. Uh, like Earth Day, Earth Day 50 was supposed to be this year, which is like a was supposed to be a huge, huge movement um, for like the the youth climate movement and just for all environmentalists. Um, Two weeks ago, there was supposed to be a summit in Chicago, uh, the Future Climate Leaders Summit, where a right. hundred of the young climate leaders, myself included, ooh, ooh. Uh, were uh. supposed to convene in Chicago and discuss like possible solutions for some of the problems that we were facing, and that was canceled due to the COVID pandemic. Right, and even Sads. right, and <laughs> even in. Um, the the EU and in Europe where the Green New Deal um, is still a thing, unlike here, um, but they're like, we can't deal with this right now. We mm -hmm. need to just like put this aside because we've got bigger issues to deal with. Yikes. Um, and then we get into the whole how the pandemic has affected the political atmosphere of our country. Uh, most recently, the Democratic primary has lost Bernie Sanders, and now Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Uh. Uh, Joe Biden is now the presumptive Democratic nominee for President of the United States, and it's rough in these streets out here. Isn't isn't it like he's Bernie stopped his campaign, but you can still vote for him? Yeah, you can still vote for him in the primary, and what what's for a lot of people. What annoys us right now is that a lot of states still haven't even had a chance to vote in their primaries yet. Like, mm -hmm. we are from New York, and... New York, baby. Our primary was supposed to be April 28th, and then it was moved back due to the pandemic. And now, because of this long, drawn-out primary calendar, this is the way that it is... that the political cookie is crumbled. Yeah. So... That's pretty annoying. The fact that we didn't even get a chance to vote yet, and the presumptive nominee has been decided for Ramel, us. Ramel, you were were you old enough to vote in in twenty sixteen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we weren't. What if? Yeah, what we if? Uh, <clears throat> what if like Trump pulls a Franklin D. Roosevelt and is like, since this is a pandemic, I will now be serving more terms. I like would not be surprised. We. Honestly. I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but. We are so close to the end of a social cycle of contention that if that were to happen, I think uh, there would be... Please, please explain that big phrase. Yeah. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> uh, a social cycle of contention is the idea that, like, the, pol like, the political pendulum, like, the social pendulum swings back and forth. And sometimes we get more progressive as a country, but every time we take, like, a progressive step forward... There's a political, there's like a backlash that takes us, a conservative backlash that brings us back. And then the cycle moves forward. And it's like every couple of years, it's like you get more and more towards one direction of it. And then something happens that causes like a massive change. Um, and we're at a, and usually that ends with like violence or mass protest or something, something big happens. Um, and the, cycle that like we've been a part of for the past like six decades started in with the civil rights movement and like then you saw there was like a backlash in the 80s and you it got more conservative 
and then in the 90s it was more progressive and then with Bush it was back and forth and right now we're in the process of like a more progressive part of it that's not being allowed like we're not being given access to the political channels that we should have so it's okay. going to break out in violence is what will happen if he gets reelected right i mean uh, uh, we don't know that for sure but that's like the that's like the theoretically the, so- yeah. the social theory behind it um, is the idea yeah, you see a lot of the kids on TikTok talking about uprising these days. Oh TikTok God. is TikTok's the main place to see where these kids are. The kids <laughs> see where the kids. The kids are at. talking about riots. I don't know about y'all for for legal reasons. We do not endorse. We any don't riot. endorse rioting. We don't endorse any <laughs> uprising of any kind. What we do endorse, however, is uh, political leaders who believe in basic human rights and aren't. Uh, rapists yeah so i mean i'm gonna come out and say that i am going to vote for biden personally um i'm not gonna you guys don't have to say what you're gonna do i'm this is off topic from the pandemic i was about to say can can we discuss this a little bit further because i feel like this deserves a little bit of conversation but continue yeah do you want want to keep talking about it now yeah yeah well (laughs) personally like Obviously, I don't think it's, I think it's shitty to have to pick between two people who have been accused of sexual assault, and I'm upset about it. Um, On multiple occasions. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, it's pretty sad. And I'm, but I think that at the end of the day, my family and the people I care about will be better off. Um if I vote for Biden and less lives will be lost and we'll be in a place where he'll put people into office who can, you know, like who won't take my right to health care away. Um, so I think that the people I care about and my family will be safer, frankly. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I think that we'll be in a really, really dangerous, scary place under another year of trump where he's not worried about being reelected, mm-hmm. um and i think the people i care about will be in a really scary place so yeah i'm gonna give biden hell as president like i'm gonna make sure that he's like mm-hmm. like i'll protest biden i don't care if he's yeah. a democrat or not but um and th- and that's like a huge thing for me is that like we when Trump was elected, there was so much protest. And like, I, I feel like as a movement, we have lost sight of like the ability, like we can protest people who are in line with our political beliefs, but not to the degree that we want. Like, this is something we should still do. We should be holding our political leaders accountable, no matter the party that they're in. Um, my thoughts on the Biden nomination real fast. First, I want to preface by saying that I understand that all sexual abuse victims, if you do not want to vote for him, you do not support him, that is, I hear you, I understand, and you are valid. Um, That is all right. I am going to be voting for the Democrat, whoever it is. I am going to be voting for whoever is not Donald Trump because he represents everything that, could go wrong that will go wrong if if nothing is done 
and he he is the problem. I would I have mean, liked to have seen. Problem. He well, is the problem, he, but he's like, I, pers- like I just feel like we'll be able to get more shit done, even if we have yeah. a shitty leader. We'll be able to accomplish something, and especially in a time where climate is so desperately, like we have no time. We need to get Time's some up. stuff done. Yeah, we need to get some stuff done. Personally, uh. I was an Elizabeth Warren supporter. I believe that she was the person who should have taken the nomination. But um, I I think now, shifting my focus, now that this has been decided, I am not going to focus on the presidency anymore. I think that as long as Trump doesn't win, that's fine. But I think that all the people who are complaining that it's not Bernie, who are saying that they're going to go home, not vote, or they're going to vote third party... I have a couple of things I need to say to them. One, if you vote for Howie Hawkins. <laughs> Hell yeah. We found him on the pod. T- take a listen to Late Night for the Planet Politics and Howie gives a great overview of his platform. Um, take, take a listen to that. I'll link it into the show notes. You can't stay home. Yeah, if you're tired of the presidential politics, that's fine. But what you need to do now is you need to focus on flipping the Senate and you need to focus on growing a majority in the House because we need to ensure that we are still active no matter what. Because if we slip up, if we have even a close to a repeat of 2016 or not, if we don't double the wins that we had from 2018, we're fucked. Like, that's it. Like, it's game over, cashing in America, we lost done that that's it you you die in the Oregon trail like I think a lot of people feel like okay then yeah I'll just riot and it's fine but that's not gonna work I just, that's not a smart idea it's also not gonna work I don't, I don't want like people to think their last resort is like oh yeah um violence that'll cause property damage and probably hurt someone <laughs> yeah. right like because the whole point of like progressive politics right is to take care of each other, like mm-hmm. to to save more lives, like that. I mean, that's what that's why I'm in it. Like exactly. To and and if you can't dig deep and find that because your candidate didn't win, it's cost benefit analysis. Like you need to weigh the lesser of two evils and what is going to be the biggest benefit for the most amount of people and who's going to hurt the most amount of people. That's the thing. Trump gets another term. That's a supreme, another conservative, a young conservative Supreme Court justice. That's yeah. m- more immigrants that are going to be persecuted. That's more of all of the bad things that we've seen for the past four years magnified. And I know that, like, we know that Biden has done shitty things, but I think he'll have more people in his candidate, in his cabinet. In and his we can hold him accountable, whereas right, right now no one holds Trump accountable. Yeah. So that's something that. Needed to get off my chest. Anyway. I miss, so COVID-19, am I right? So COVID-19. Back to happier talks. Right. The Global pandemic. pandemic. <laughs> um, so I don't Segways even know how weird. we got there, but <laughs> another thing. How can, how can we learn from the communication uh, about COVID-19 and like what scientists are trying to do and address climate change with this? Right. So, with the coronavirus, um, 
I think people are starting to see and understand. I can see clearly now. The <laughs> rain is gone. The rain is here and I cannot see. <laughs> the rain is here. I'm blind. It's acid rain. We can see the global ties that connect us all. Um, and we can see what like global collaboration looks like and why it's necessary, um, which is something that people really need to understand um, for climate change. We also are seeing that like our government can take swift action um, to protect us, which is like something that I think the climate movement really struggles with. Like, you know, we say like we need urgent action. We say we need people to, to move like swiftly and it's life or death, but there's never been a moment that we can point to where we can say, look, like it's, it's feasible. It's doable. We know that you have the resources, like money's fucking fake apparently. Um, like just pay for it, you know? And they're always like, but now we have something that we can point to and be like, you did it now. You did this to protect your people. And like, you need to do it again. Um, what, what confuses me though, is that we've had that though. Like, like World War Two, the mobilization for that threat was was it so long ago that like people I think have forgotten? S- yeah, and I that we I also don't. So it's not the thing about a pandemic that why we can relate it to climate better than war is that it's it's not war. It's an it's not so it's not a threat from a different country. It's it, omnipresent. It is a present threat, just like climate change is, and it's it's something that it's not like we're get, we have to mobilize against another people or another country and we need to nationalize it's a it's a global present threat and that's the same situation with climate change and i think we can point to it and be like here's here's an example of a time where we had a threat like this where you did everything you could do it again they're not doing everything they can but you did a lot you know like <laughs> Or you should. You did the bare minimum, and the bare minimum was a lot. Or you should have done everything you could. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of, you kind of fucked it over. Like, we, we weren't quick with this. Be quick this time. You know, get it. Gotta be quicker than that. Cost you, cost you a dollar. <laughs> gotta be quicker than that. <laughs> you gotta be quicker than that. Another part of that is the fact that we need. We desperately need to reframe and recommunicate that climate change is a massive public health issue. Like, we don't we don't talk about this the right way. We don't talk about it enough. We are like really busy at like pointing to like sad polar bears, which are really sad. But climate change is a massive scale public health disaster. Mm-hmm. We've seen it with like the natural disasters, like yeah. Puerto Rico. We've seen it, and you. I mean, we, we we've seen it a lot here in the United States. Not so not on the East Coast, but on the West Coast with the wildfires um, that have completely devastated whole communities, like Paradise in California, um, and have caused such widespread damage and such widespread trauma. Right. So we need an economy after this, that, and after after this pandemic that's going to promote health and equity and environmental protection. We, we just, we need that. Like we, we're so a whole new, econ- a different economy. We need to throw our economy away, but socialism But from this pandemic, we Whoa. can see that we need, 
safety talk <clears throat> and nobody paid any attention it's my own fault for using PowerPoint PowerPoint is boring PowerPoint really is people boring. learn in lots of different ways but experience Excel. is the best teacher Shut the fuck up I love Excel and I know you do fucking weirdo <laughs> today smoking is gonna save lives <laughs> Smell anything smoky? Did you bring your jerky in again? <clears throat> oh my god! Uh, oh my god! Fire! Oh, fire! Oh my goodness! What's the procedure? What do we do, people? The are dead. Oh, how did that happen? It's out in the hall. No, we don't know that. The smoke could be coming through an air duct. Oh my god! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay Touch the handle. If it's hot, there could be a fire in the hallway. What does warm mean? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Not a viable option. What next? Don't try. Oh, here's a door. Check that one out. How's the handle? And it's warm. Okay, go to the back well, door. I've, I've never felt uh, more, like, I've never related more to a scene of a show That's than that. what's happening right now. That's what's happening. We're so ill-prepared. And like, what's the procedure? What is the procedure? The thing is, is that we know the procedure. Like, like we've known it for a while and like there's an outline for it. It's called the Green New Deal. Right. And that's only like a basic beginning of like what we need to do to solve the problem. Right. But that's the procedure. But even so, like, 
the corona is not proven to be connected to climate um, directly. Connected to a bat. It's, yeah. <laughs> it, it's con- freaking bats. I love, I love Halloween. Halloween. It all started with a bat. Come Who met my like- dad. <laughs> and then they had me. Hi. <laughs> it was only a bat. It was only a bat. But <laughs> there are a bunch of viruses, like, that are going to, as the as the earth warms, viruses are going to become more prevalent. There's shit in Antarctica that we don't even know about that's going to melt <laughs> and come free out of the ice. Like, fucking, I don't even know what, like... Like the anthrax in Siberia uh, that uh, killed a bunch of people. Yeah, and there's, deer. there's and deer. shit, like, that we don't even know about. And as the climate warms, like, viruses are going to get worse. Illnesses are going to get worse. Not to mention, like, the fires and the disasters and... The no drinking water and the pollution. And, and our infrastructure to deal with the problems is going to crumble. And therefore, it's going to make it harder for us to actually solve things. Right. So when we come out of this, we need to say, like, no return to normalcy. We don't want normal. Like, I want normal in the sense that I can go to a coffee shop and purchase a cup of coffee and do my homework in said coffee shop. That's the level of normalcy I want. But I don't want the same healthcare system. I don't want to come back to that. I don't want to come back to the same uh, inequalities that exist. I don't, like, we have a chance, like, an opportunity to, like, I read this article, and they said, like, um, Mary Carey, the whole thing. So, like, throw that shit away. If it doesn't bring you joy, throw it away. Marie Kondo. Oh, yeah, what did I say? Mary Curie. <laughs> uh, I got physics. scientists on the mind. Physics, that you shit. If you don't radiation. like it, get radiation sickness <laughs> and die. <laughs> that was you funny. Wanna, <laughs> Why was I thinking about her? Like, queen. It's just because I love her. You mentioned the Arctic earlier, and I was reading an article on how it's, like, affecting climate science, like, in the Arctic. Yeah. And, like, how because scientists won't be, like, up there. Um, like it could leave like important gaps in like understanding climate and stuff like that. <laughs> Which, Fuck. Yeah. Right. Like there's like there's a there's a what is it? Like I I read that like these scientists were hoping to complete like a like a two thousand and something like meter hole that they were drilling for like the past mm-hmm. five years, and like they finally like have access to the ice streams that they've been like hunting for, but like because they won't be there. For like, I think it's like a twelve month gap. Like they could like lose a lot of data. Damn. Which is yeah. really scary. That's really problematic. <laughs> um, there was this great article. I think it was in Medium. Um, but it talks about the um likely gaslighting that's going to occur um after this. This was a super interesting article. Um, I. We should, we'll link to it in the show notes. It was awesome. Um, but we really have this, like, opportunity to make a lot of changes and, like, demand changes and not return to normal. But in this story, it talks about gaslighting and how the government and big business, a.k.a. capitalism, is going to work really, really, really hard to make sure that we don't return to normal, that we remember things as not as bad as they were, that we they're going to be there to, like, collect us when we're sad and, you know, we just, like, want a little bit of normalcy back, like, come back to mm-hmm. your favorite businesses and 
and everything will be fine and drink coca-cola drink and coke and just like chill out and and go back to your regular state of complacency because in not to get too like you know marxist, marxist out here but like in a capitalist system you don't have the the time to really fight back because you're stuck working mm-hmm. to support the capitalist lifestyle and you there's this to dig a little deeper into that, there's this Marxist idea called the false consciousness, where that uh, the two classes, uh, the ruling class, uh, the bourgeoisie, the birds work for the bourgeoisie. The, the birds. Alternate w- theory, alternate theory. Saw online, believe it is that Corona doesn't exist, and they're just changing the batteries in the birds. That's true. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, the false consciousness is. That the bourgeoisie, the people who own the means of production, since they own the means of production, they own the their, the companies and stuff. They own the means of creating the media that we consume. Um, so they create the movies, they create the commercials, they create the books and stuff, and that creates this idea of what regular people should be like. And that's this false consciousness. It's something that the proletariat, like the us regular people, we adopt this idea. And this uh, this consciousness is assigned to us, so that's a fundamental theory in sociology right. that applies heavily to capitalism and to what could be coming after this pandemic. But we have this opportunity right now where we're all on pause, like the world is on pause. You get and, to see through that, and we get to like look at our lives and be like, "What do we want to keep? Like, what what don't we need?" and I'm not saying that we should like all just like, you know, work in our gardens forever and like smoke weed and hang out. But like, I mean, if you want to, unless, but like, do you need, like you get to really like look at your systems and be like, what's working and what's not, because this isn't working like for a lot of, for most people. Mm-hmm. what we're doing right now isn't working you having one big bill one big healthcare bill and that ruining your life isn't working for most normal people minimum wage isn't working for most people like we i have saw an article that was talking about how like most people in america like i, f- I forget the number exactly i can try to find it um but like they're just two to three paychecks away from having to not be like not being able to pay a bill or not being able or having to just like cut back on something to a point where they're not able to afford living. And I think that that fundamentally is problematic when there's three men who own a majority of our nation's wealth. Like th- that that's fundamentally problematic. Right. I just That's not okay. But we just are going to have to fight really really hard when this is over and really like look at all of our shit and not allow ourselves to slip back into that complacency, complacency. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it's an opportunity to do that. Um, but there's going to be a lot of things working against us. A lot of money is going to be put into working against that. Um, Advertisements technology stuff is going to be thrown at us trying to keep us busy and 
occupied and yeah yeah and and it's like okay to it's okay to want your life back like i want my life back too everybody wants their life back it's okay to like mourn the loss of your your big events and your your weddings and your your graduations and your baby showers and graduation graduations and your graduation no and like seeing your family but like what do you care about right now like seeing the people that you love probably like stability is is returning to our systems going to like give us that stability back like did we ever really have it if it can be taken away taken so away easily. unhinged so easily like no that we didn't have stability clearly we had the the idea of it we felt like we had it like but it wasn't actually given to us so i i just think that we should really as as environmentalists as like people as young people especially like look at what we want out of this mm -hmm. and then demand it and that's the tea <laughs> i like to thank you both for potting with me tonight oh yeah, it was a pleasure potting with you and <laughs> an, an absolute pleasure <laughs> to be potting with you thanks As always, thank you for listening to another episode of Pod for the Planet. Uh, if you enjoyed this show, please leave a rating and a comment down below. Uh, subscribe and check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Pod for the Planet with the number four. Uh, Abby runs those accounts and you'll find some message fun stuff me there. there. Yeah, shoot us a message if you want to hear I might something. Uh, okay. And see you next time. <laughs>